Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. Hello everyone and welcome to the SEN NBA podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Tyler, and across the desk from me, our last show before the season begins officially, Luke Sakari. How how bloody good is this? Oh, it's amazing. There's no it's no better feeling. It's Christmas week for NBA fans. Tuesday will be Christmas Eve, and then Wednesday's Christmas Day. And the presents last till June. That's because true. the NBA is back. And that is it. And we got college coming as well, but I know you guys don't care. And the NBL's on. The NBL is currently on. It's basketball season. Yeah, but this strictly is the SEN NBA podcast, which is why we get you in to talk about it, as well as Chris DeSilva. What's going on, man? Man, I'm emotional, man. (laughs) The preseason's finishing. No, I'm just playing. playing. I can't wait. (laughs) We are recording this on Wednesday, but we are posting it on Sunday. So as you were listening to this, Man, oh man, Ooh. it's only three days away. That's a, that's a game. That's a game changer, man. <laughs> it's three days away, boys. Three oh, days. It's big. Exciting I, I'm telling times. on the on the night because on the night of so it starts Wednesday morning for us, yeah. Uh yeah. I'm pretty sure 10 a.m. I'm not gonna be able to sleep on Tuesday night. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I have netball on Tuesday night. You get, shouldn't say that on this. <laughs> just to get me up and about. I'm not. But look, I play netball as well. I shouldn't say that. I play netball. I play as well. Do you actually? Yeah, I play. The SCN My God, the credibility just completely went through the floor. SCN Netball Podcast. Wowee. That is... It's a great sport. No, it's not. It is a terrible, terrible sport. I can say that because I play. It's like when someone just respects your sister, you can say that about your sister, but no one else can. I play the sport so I can say it. I hate it. I play it and I love it. It's great. Really? What position do you play? Oh, I'm a bit of a versatile option to play all over the place. Draymond. 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 I don't have a set position. I'm how, how, I'm probably the Chris Paul of our team. So you're point guard. Are you center? Center. Center. Yep. Yeah. Like, same. I can't shoot. Like I, I can't shoot. Obviously, can't but I can circle. pass. I can do a bit of it's D. The toughest position. It is a lot of running. It really is. I'm yeah. I'm center and uh, goal defense. And okay. gold, I hate gold. I'm terrible at gold. We should move I'll, on because I yeah. just realized we've been talking about netball for <laughs> which is not a problem. It is an absolute problem. Shout out to my shout out to my team, hardcore parkour. <laughs> <laughs> What was that, mate, in 2008? Damn right. <laughs> we, should, we should go through one day and talk about our old school like emails that you had on, on Hotmail. Luke, under, like, Luke underscore rules underscore 101 at Hotmail.com. Do you ever have like, it's always one of the slam dunk one. I know how to slam dunk one. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to make slam dunk right now. I was like, I was was up, triple zero four. My was rules, <laughs> rules with a Z. Yeah, of course. Rules. <laughs> What was yours, Chris? Dizzy D. Dizzy D? 23. <laughs> That's that was worth it. Anyway, let's move on because today we are out doing our final uh, preseason division preview and we're finishing off with the Southeast Division. West. Did I say Southeast? Yeah. Southwest. Mm-hmm. Southwest Division. I got you, man. I even read Southwest. We I discussed this I before Southeast. the show. And I was reading. I read from a paper Southwest. I got you, man. It's, it's good. It's like defensive coverages, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. All Appreciate good. that. And we are going to start off <laughs> in alphabetical order. So we're going to start off with the Dallas Mavericks, a team that has perennial playoff mm. uh, teams, <laughs> I guess. This season, perhaps not so much. Luke, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, they always find a way, don't they? <laughs> you'll get to the last month of the season, you'll stick the standings. Oh, crap. Dallas is in the playoffs again. <laughs> you can give Rick Carlisle a D-League roster and they'll still be in six seed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, this is an interesting one for Dallas because I think it all comes back to the... um, It all comes back to Dirk. 
Dirk, I mean, you take Dirk off this team, it's not a playoff team. No. You put him back on, and they're probably they're they're, they're, they're on the fringe. They're right there battling. It's pretty amazing. He's thirty-seven year old, the longest tenured player for a single team by quite a stretch. Yeah, and it, what he what he does um, is just amazing at thirty-seven. I mean, he averaged eighteen points last year, and he shot forty-four percent. That's incredible. And remember, this is this is still being as the team's top offensive option. So he's not like and he's still playing thirty-one minutes a game. Of course, at, at yeah, thirty-seven. So he's not just like going into his his glory days of his career, his last few seasons, just getting the workload off his shoulders. No, if anything, it's going up because he's <laughs> still their top option. And while he's there, I mean, a lot of people say about Dallas, oh, you know, why you keep signing all these one-year free agents? Just move on, rebuild this and that. When you're like someone like Dirk, you're gonna still be winning games. So you kind of have to try and. Like his team's been in mediocrity for a lot, mm. but the type of team where, I mean, it's just when you got someone like Dirk, someone of the stu- the the presence of Dirk, you got Rick Carlisle who's a top three coach in the league on the bench. You got an owner like Mark Cuban, they're not going to rebuild. Not with those three, no way. It's they're still going to be trying to win as much as they can. Yeah, and that's kind of the. I guess a blessing and a curse for this team Absolutely. because it means they're stuck in mediocrity. And they have been since they won the title and yeah. blew up that team. Yeah. Um, with obviously big plans in mind to back then to bring in Dwight Howard and um, someone who's actually there at the moment in Darren Williams. Um, but this team, they're they're kind of the 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 Warriors of the South West Division, if you, if you like, <laughs> with uh, Curry, Barnes, and Iguodala. And Bogut. Uh, and Bogut, sorry. Come on, <laughs> that should be the first name you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Not the, the Curry you think of, though. He's still very good, though. He's very... Oh, I wouldn't say he's very good. He, he, he's solid. He's not... Very good? Really? I think I think he's going to be all right this year. I don't put the very good label, though. He's good. You're really he's dis- solid. You're really dissing out that, that label if, you, if you're going to classify him as a very good player. Oh. Well, it's... To be fair, everyone in the NBA is, is a very, very good, good player. Yeah, but in relation to in circumstances, his brother, in context, not, he is uh, not. Yeah, in relation obviously. to NBA starters, he, I wouldn't put him in that category. I don't think he's a starter, no, but Dusha 45% from three last year. I don't care. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> no, that, that, that is sensational. That matters. And no, he can play. There's so many teams. He, he, who, he's a backup the, point guard. The Bulls would love to have this guy on the team. <laughs> The he's, Bulls won a lot of things. He's a backup point guard, a yeah. good one. But, I mean, yeah. oh, a very good label. Just call me a bit of surprise. Um, <laughs> I think a big talking point in Dallas is she's going to be Harrison Barnes. Yeah. It has to be. You sign the dude whose aver- his career best is 11.7 points. You sign him for $94 million across five years. Wow. That is a big signing on on hope. Not, not necessarily hope. But you're signing him on what he could do, not what he's done, which yeah. is always risky. Um, because you look at Barnes. But you, don't you want to sign him for what they're going to be rather than what they have? Because you saw the Lakers were paying Kobe for what he had been and not what he was going to be. Well, yes and no. But and that was the problem for them because they were he wasn't putting out what, what they were giving him. Yeah, but the thing with Barnes, though, he literally... They're paying him all-star money. They want him to be... They want him to take the reins scoring-wise... Obviously, you've got to bring in someone who's going to replace Dirk's production offensively. Barnes looks like they want him to be the guy, but there's been nothing that said, yes, he can be that guy that's going to score 20 points a night. There's been nothing that says that because if you look at when he gets the ball, when he had the ball in Golden State, he was just hesitant all the time. You know, he'd get the ball in the corner. I mean, he shot well on his open three-point looks because, look, he was playing with, with Curry and Thompson and Draymond Green. So all of his looks in Golden State were open. He's not going to be getting many open looks in Dallas because he's going to be one creating his own offense, which we haven't really seen he can do much. And he always looks hesitant when he tries to attack the basket. He's second-guessing himself. You can't be doing that if you want to be a top offensive option. Yeah, he's a guy that he's always promised so much. Um, Talk about when he was a high school kid coming out of Ames, Iowa. Um, people thought talked about this guy being the next next real real big superstar at the wing position, and he was all right at uh, while he was at North Carolina. I didn't watch him much, but um, he didn't set the world on fire. 
And then, again, in Golden State, in his rookie season, he was really good in the playoffs. Um, he was. That was the first season where the Warriors were kind of on the map and they challenged the Spurs in the second round. And Harrison Barnes averaged 15 points a game that year in the playoffs. Each year after that, his production has dropped as the team got better. So yeah. The team got better every year. As the looks got better as well, the quality of the shots. Looks, the looks got better, the people he played with got better, and he got but worse. Just, just in his defense, the opportunity for him individually got less. Got less. Right. But so so is is that the type of guy that's going to be your number one you know ninety four million all star? I don't know. I mean, he can be, but it's just, it's such a risky can be. I mean, it's a, is he going to be? We don't know, and it's just such a risk for Dallas. I mean, because uh, he's going to be better in terms of um, raw numbers and productions. He'll be better than last year because he's going to get more opportunities. So he's going to be better. It's just a matter of I mean, can he be that guy? There's nothing to say that he will be, which is a which is a problem. Just before we finish off and uh, I get uh, you guys' predictions, I've got a man on this team. You know how people say, "My boy, my man." Yes. On each team, I got, I got, a, I got a boy. What's your boy? Know? And I don't think anyone else would have this, so I think this is relatively unique to me. Kyle Collinsworth at a BYU, mm, definitely triple double machine earlier this year because he he just is, is a rookie this year. Yes. He uh, extended his uh, NCAA record to 12 career triple-doubles wow. in NCAA. I watched a lot of BYU because they play in the same conference as St. Mary's, and obviously St. Mary's have that big Australian connection and will play a lot on, on ESPN. So yeah. ESPN, over the past few years, have had a lot of BYU games. And Kyle Collinsworth is one of these guys that I've watched a lot of, and he is a do-it-all kind of guy. I doubt he'd really do much at all. In his career, in his plays. NBA career. But if he becomes good, he's my boy. All right? All right. You've got to give me credit for that You've one. claimed If it. he becomes good, I've jumped on the Carl Collinsworth bandwagon <laughs> before anyone else. Is on, that fair? On October 19th, 2016. We, we got it. I'm writing it down right now. Perfect. Where do you guys have him in the division? Uh, fourth. And I've got him ninth in the West. I mean, this is the year that they miss out. Yeah, I've got him, I got him fourth in the division and tenth. So, same. Yeah, I got a fourth and tenth as well. Yeah. But that being said, it wouldn't surprise me if they do make it because it's Dallas and they always seem to. They get like in the Spurs. Remember a few years ago when people were just expecting the Spurs to drop off and drop off and drop off and drop off, and, and they, they never did. do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's move on. Apologies, to everyone. That was quite loud. I think I had the phone <laughs> up a little bit louder than it needed to be. But anyway, the Houston Rockets are the next team they're going to be looking at. Last year. They didn't really perform as well as everyone had, had thought. They were the sexy pick to kind of be top two, top three. Even, even I well, think Zach Lowe was was uh, tipping them to to win the championship, wasn't he last year? Well, they made the conference finals the season prior, mm. and then you know uh, James Harden came back. wasn't looking in shape. They just had a shit terrible, <laughs> a lot of shit happened <laughs> with him and with the team, and they didn't have that great of a year. What can you expect from the Houston Rockets this year? Um, I'm going to say it. You can expect a lot because I love this team. Wow. I honestly, wow. I, I mean, I'm not, they're not going to, um, they're, they're, they're not championship contenders. They're not straight out. They're not championship contenders, but I feel like this, a lot of people have based on last season, um, they're going to think the Rockets are going to be kind of the same basket case. I don't think they will because I think, James Harden is going to be very, very close to winning the MVP this year. And I think now that Dwight Howard's gone, he never really fit in there. Um, now that he's gone, it kind of just, it, it allows Harden to be more like himself. It allows him to be more comfortable. And I like what they did in free agency, getting Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. They can help take some offensive pressure off Harden. They can space the floor off him. Can they stay healthy? It's a big question mark, but assuming they do, I love that. And even a guy like Nene, he's just a solid, yeah. solid center slash power forward. He can do everything he can do. Obviously, the biggest question mark is their defense. I mean, it's probably still going to be a bottom 10 defense, but I honestly reckon this offense has the ability... I mean, James Harden is one of the, the, the most talented offensive players we've seen almost ever in terms of what he does with the basketball in hand. It's, it's amazing what he does. So, I mean, he averaged 29 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. I mean, he shot 43% from the field, which isn't horrible. It's not great, but when you're shooting 19 shots, 
I mean, in your team's top option, you're not going to be at a very, very high rate. And you're one of your team's only options. Exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. And remember, he's an isolation player, so all those looks he gets, he creates from, or most of the looks he creates for himself. And we know how good he is at getting to the free throw line. Um, I, I, I like I liked the Rockets. And obviously with D'Antoni now at the helm, well, their offense is going to be even better. Because he he um he magna he magnified, excuse me he coached and developed those Phoenix teams in the mid two thousands who were sensational offensively they were electric now with someone like James Harden at his disposal I feel like it'd just be awesome. Has a team ever had a top two or three offense and a bottom two or three defense? <laughs> I don't know if they have, but this might be the one. That <laughs> <laughs> well, would be fascinating. It, it would be, and I mean. That, that that's the biggest issue for the Rockets, isn't it? It's just the defensive end. Yeah, well, it starts with Harden as well. Yeah, and um, with James Harden, he's another one of those very polarizing players that we have in our league, right? Because he's he's becoming known for his vines on the defensive end, right? Which is a shame. Yeah, but he and it takes away so much from what a brilliant offensive talent this guy is. I mean. He's the hub. He's everything for this team, right? They'll be absolutely nowhere with him. Like two years ago, they won fifty-six games, right? And James Harden was in the running for MVP. Without him, I don't know if that team would have even made the playoffs. So he's he's so special. And like you said, having for D'Antoni to have that weapon to use, he he would be salivating at the prospect. Oh. I like the term that you used, he's so special. It just sounds like that you have this emotional connection to him. Really <laughs> With the beard. <laughs> With the beard. I just feel like you and him have that, some that, sort of weird emotional bond. Only, the only emotional <laughs> connection with the beard is the fact that I can't grow one. <laughs> That's about it. But uh, this team, I think they have the potential to be a top five offense. I think. Absolutely. And the question with them is, like you said, defense. If they can be a, not be. A it just bo- has to be average. Yeah, exactly. Has to be, if they can be average, if they can be fifteenth, seventeenth in defense, it's all you need. I think they're going to be a really good team and a tough out in the playoffs as well. But, but the question is, if they can do that, and I, I don't it's know. It's a if massive, they, massive question. It's, it's a they massive have a couple issue. of plus defenders. I mean, Clint Capella is going to have a big season. He'll be a good defender. Patrick Beverly, we know he's a pretty good defender. Uh, Trevor, also, he might have surgery. Yeah, so that's uh, a problem. Trevor Ariza is probably on the way down in his defensive impact, but yeah, it, it's it's a team with a lot of question marks. Uh, another league pass team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Now, just before we get onto the predictions, do you want me to give you another my man? Yep. James Harden. No, well, <laughs> that's my man. <laughs> this should be. I want to try to give you a name a bit out of left field. Can anyone guess who my uh, my tip's going to be for Houston? Go for and it. And I legitimately. Have again watched a lot of this guy play and love his game, Kyle Wilcher. Damn, former Kentucky and Gonzaga player. Yeah. Again, play, Gonzaga playing in the in the West yep, Coast yep, Conference. Yep. Saw a lot of him there, and obviously playing for Kentucky when they were you know top five, top ten in the nation. They always get played. He didn't get a lot of game time in uh, Kentucky, which ended up why he uh, transferred to Gonzaga. But mm. He's 6'10", he can shoot the three ball just about as well as anyone else. He's he shot at a phenomenal clip throughout his collegiate career. He is a guy that I loved watching in college. I don't know how well his game can translate, but if you're a 6'10 guy that can shoot down the, the, the long-range ball... You'll find a spot for you. Especially, you are especially on this team. <laughs> especially on this team. Big time. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Kyle can uh, can do. And he's, he's not... Right. <laughs> He's what he spent like five years in college. So how old is he now? He was born in '92, so he's he's getting up there in age. So he should be primed and ready don't, to go. Don't he's, say he's about that. I, I, was, I was born in '92 as well. <laughs> you should be primed and ready to go. When your netball career clearly has <laughs> taken off, mate. Ma- uh, Max Candidate. <laughs> where can you see these guys finishing? Uh, second in the division and fifth in the conference. I got them third in the division, and I don't see their defense improving enough for them to be make the playoffs. So I got them ninth. Whoa. I got them second in the division and sixth overall. I still think they do make the playoffs. Let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Boys, what are your thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies? Because this is another team that I, when I was putting together my uh, rankings, my, my standings, standings yes. I didn't really know where to put them. I could have had them as high as like a five or a six, but I could also have talked myself into 12, 13 
in the end, I settled kind of in the middle a little bit. I'll get to the specifics later on. But where do you see Memphis uh, being at the end of the year? Or how do you how do you see them performing? I think it's another, like, one of those teams like Dallas where they're just always there. They're going to find a formula for winning. Um, I particularly like their offseason. So, obviously, we'll touch on the Mike Conley deal later. $153 million, five years, biggest contract in NBA history. Um, you can't really just say that in raw numbers. You've got to put it in context in terms of the salary caps rising. There's going to be a bigger contract next offseason. I mean, he's a max player, so you give him the max. And and markets like Memphis have to overpay to keep their guys. Yeah, because it's not a destination. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... and. Even though he hasn't made an all-star game, he's been stiff not to. He's an all-star player, even though not making an all-star game. He's one of those guys. Um, so you had, to, you had to keep him. If they lost him, it would have been disastrous. So you had to keep him. So that's already a tick. And then you sign a guy like Chandler Parsons, who has had his injury issues that we all know of. But you look at Memphis, and everyone was kind of waiting. When are they going to move into this... Um, this this new era of basketball. When are they going to get out of the grid and grind era? The signing of a guy like Chandler Parsons, um, even someone like James Ennis coming off the bench, who scored about 17 points a game at the back end of last season with the Pelicans. Um, he might start. Yeah, he may be. Well, we mm. know they've already made a big um, uh, decision in their starting lineup. Let's take moving Zach Green off to the bench and yeah. starting J. Michael Green, mm-hmm. which is another indication that new coach David Fisdale, who's got a massive rap about him, they are just moving towards a new era of basketball, which they need to. Yeah, and I think health is the number one question with this team, isn't it? Yeah. Marc Gasol is another one, and Mike Conley, who no one doubts how good these guys are. They're excellent, excellent NBA players, both top top five to ten in their position, right? So I look at Fizz, and I wrote about this, um, about the Grizzlies. I actually i am pretty high on them. Um, and I think the Chandler Parsons acquisition was fantastic for him. It gives a team shooting uh, for a team that desperately needed it and has lacked it for years. And I I wrote then that I think Fizz is going to use Marcus and really utilize his passing and use that to open up the Grizz offense, right? And he comes from Miami and they... They were kind of the first team that LeBron James was on that was really kind of utilized him as a as a passer, put him in the middle of the floor and and spread around him. And I think Memphis will be looking to do the same. Um, obviously with Conley, and now Parsons gives them uh, an added weapon from outside as well. Yeah, and I mean we we hit it off at the top about you mentioned Chris about the injury issues, and as good as the potential for Marcus Sol can be under David Fisdale. Already, we've seen a bone bruise in his in his right foot. Yeah, it's just a preseason, and it's or like it's already there. So, is it kind of like it's like a bad omen into a season? That's like, oh no, like it's already happened. Now, season hasn't even begun. Is this just going to be how the season's going to be? Is this going to be so many injuries? Kind of like last year, a heap of injuries. I think they used something. I'm pretty sure it was 27 or 28 players last year. They still made the playoffs. They look like a my team. NBA 2K, my team. It was a D-League roster, yeah. but they made the playoffs, though. So, I mean, that yeah. that's pretty sensational in its own right. Um, so, again, it's just... It's it's hard to really forecast this team when the injury um, issue is that kind of big. It's when you're prevalent. an injury, injury away from disaster. Yeah, right. So, everything you kind of say has to have that that caveat next to it saying, well, if they stay healthy, well, then Chandler Parsons can maybe develop into the all-star we thought he'd be when he left the Rockets. If they stay healthy, well, then Marcus Ole can establish himself again as one of the best centers in the NBA. If they stay healthy, maybe Zach Randolph can even establish himself as a six-man-of-the-year candidate. So it's, if, he, if he stays healthy, Mike Conley will make the all-star game. But it's all these ifs, mm. and they're big ifs, which is an issue when it's hard to – you can't really get a full, proper read on them. And this team, for so many years, their defend uh, their defense was their calling card. And you have to wonder under the new coach whether that's going to be the same. Now, it, it transferred across from Lionel Hollins to uh, Dave Yeager. But we look at in fourteen fifteen where they made the second round, they were, you know, really tested the Warriors. They were third in defense that year in defensive efficiency. And last year, they dropped, you know, majorly to, uh, what is it? 18th so a team a like drop. that yeah so when 
when they're as limited as they are offensively, which we all think they are, their defense has to be really strong for them to um, yeah. be a contender. With that being said, I do think we'll see an improvement offensively. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a Chandler Parsons addition. I really, really like it. Because Parsons is one of those guys that he can really almost do um, anything that he gets asked to offensively. Yeah. He can be a catch-and-shoot catch and shoot guy. Excuse me. He can create for himself. He can drive to the basket. He can hit a little shot in the mid-range. He can he can pass as well to to a to a pretty good level. So he kind of can do. And Memphis has always missed that guy on the wing, that versatile offensive weapon on the wing. Now that um now that Parsons is there, he can do that. He can really come into his own this year. We saw when he left the Rockets, everyone's like, this guy's going to be a future future all star. Mm-hmm. Things didn't work out great in Dallas in terms of injuries and this and that. Um, he, I like Memphis as a fit for him. Yeah, I he think, yeah he was one of the. More underrated um, free agency yeah, acquisitions I think he for was, me. Yes, we look at last year. He came off. Came off. Uh, he was injured at the start of the year. Missed some time at the start of the year with the Mavericks. Came in forty nine percent from the f- field, forty one percent from three. That's elite, Luke. On a team that hasn't, team that isn't a great offense. Yeah, in Dallas, and he's trying to walk in into another team that isn't great on offense. In um in in Memphis, but yeah. he's got a guy like Conley who can help create for him. He's got a great point guard he's playing with. Yeah. Do you know who my guy is for this team? I was, I was waiting for you. Guess, I was waiting to guess, ask you. Wait, don't say it. Uh, Wade Bolden. Chris Crawford. No, I actually have one. Oh. I, 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 none of the rookies I'm, I'm all Chris, that big on. You got I us a little excited. Bit of Wade Baldwin, Do you know but, who my, I, I got a guy? Okay, go. Okay. Deontay Davis. Okay. Yeah, for Michigan State. Yeah, I, I thought this he guy, fell in the draft. He fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was he, sit, second I was, round. He ended up I was sitting going, there he was a top ten selection. Possibly. I was sitting there watching the draft, and I'm like, this guy is a hyper athletic big who can rebound, block shots, and he's a team. Uh, he's a player that every team in the league is crying out for. Right? How the hell is he falling? He must have had some. I don't know what. I don't know what it was. Like that. His attitude might not be. I was sitting there there praying that he wouldn't fall to the Warriors. He ended up leaving. (laughs) He ended up leaving the green room, didn't he? He got pissed off and left the green room. Was that him? Someone left the green room. I'm pretty sure that was him. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's up on Twitter at in America. But there was a player who was projected to be in the first round. I'm almost certain it was him who slid and just seemed to crack a hissy fit. And left. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was My him. memory fazed me, so I'm not going to say anything because I honestly cannot remember. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. I think, I think it, it is. might have been. Tweet, tweet us anyway if, if we're incorrect and just hurl abuse at us. Because I know the year before, Kevon Looney did the same thing. Did he? Yeah. From UCLA? Yeah. Yeah. Man, as long as they get drafted, they're going to get an opportunity. <laughs> so being, being a sec- Yeah. Anyway, let's move on and get your predictions. So how do you guys think... The Memphis Grizzlies will finish come the end of the year. They will be third in the division, eighth in the conference. I've just got them. They'll finish eighth. Third and eighth. Yeah, third and eighth. Yeah, I got them second in second in the division as my voice breaks, and uh, seventh in the West. I think they will make the playoffs. I think their their experience will ca- make sure they win enough regular season games. Yeah, I got them third there. in the division and seventh in the conference. I think uh, I'm right with you there. Let's yep. move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. Is there anything else to talk about rather uh, other than Anthony Davis when we talk Anthony about Anthony Davis and injuries? We just, we just talked about how Memphis is such a big team based on their injuries. Here's an even bigger one. And it, it was all based on Anthony Davis. Yeah. And I mean, we all know, I mean, we can we could talk about Anthony Davis for he, a did he he got another injury what last week or the week before he, yeah, he got another injury as we're speaking probably. Yeah, I mean that's true. We could <laughs> talk. Walking, he just breaks his ankle. <laughs> we, Knock on wood. Come on. We could talk about Anthony Davis for an hour and just praise him and how, and which we will probably end up doing. But at the end of the day, in his four pro seasons, he's played in sixty four, sixty seven, sixty eight, and sixty one games. So he hasn't even cracked a seventy game mark. This is his list of of issues he's dealt with. He's had injuries in his chest, knee, toe, back, shoulder, hip. He's dealt with concussions, his ankle, his groin, his finger. It's, it's like a game of operation. He's got, exactly, <laughs> every body part covered. I mean, those injuries have to have an effect on one another. I mean, they can't all be independent events. They all have to have a little connection there because there's no way you can just get injured by bad luck time after time have after they time. Ha, have any of them been re- recurring in the same area 
I'm not sure. There's been too many to count. Well, the, the one that he got injured last week was an ankle sprain, but he was only expected to miss 10 to 15 days. So that'll right. just about be up now. That yeah, was so that means there. he'll be borderline to even play on opening night. Correct. He'll be borderline. So already, you know, already it's it's starting. And you look at the Pelicans team, and without Anthony Davis, there's not a lot Ooh, there. Because let's not forget, we've got Drew Holiday missing the start of the season to – be with his with his wife, who's got undergoing brain surgery, and right, rightfully so, he's going to be with her. And even um, Tyreek Evans is going to miss time, uh, probably a fair chunk of time as well. I mean, if Anthony Davis goes down, I mean, I, even with Davis, I don't even have him in the playoffs. I think their roster is just so bad around him. Uh, just imagine if he goes down. They will. If he goes down, they could be a bottom two Western Conference team. They're that bad. Do they have their first round pick this year? This year, yeah. Um, well, in their draft, they took Buddy Hill to pick six. Yeah, Who, no, I mean for the oh for next draft. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'll check up on that. But um, speaking of Buddy Hill, actually, we mentioned it there. It was not a great segue into him, but we'll, <laughs> we'll roll with it. He's a guy that's going to need a score. Yeah, he's a guy that he, he's very comfortable shooting the basketball. Very comfortable taking on his own offense. Mm. But do you want? I mean, he showed it in the summer league as well. He shot a lot. Didn't shoot him very efficiently. In New Orleans, if Davis goes down, he's almost a top offensive option. <laughs> so you know who's going to... Do you want a rookie just jacking up all these shots? I don't know. He's going to get all the shots he can get and more, I think. Exactly the, right. A guy on this team who I think is a bit underrated is um, Terrence Jones, who played for Houston. Uh, for four seasons, and when Houston had their really good year two years ago, he was a very big part of that that team, playing alongside Dwight Howard, and was really effective. Um, that year, he shot the ball at thirty five percent from from deep. So that's the kind of guy that you really want to have alongside Anthony Davis if Davis is playing at the five. Um, but with his injuries, I don't know how much you play Davis at the five. I, I still think it might be his best position and the best position where where you can utilize him and make him most damaging because of his athletic gifts and how polished he is in comparison to other guys. And in he the can um, pull out big men out of the paint because he's exactly. a pretty good shooter he as well. Is, he is. Range. He's an improving shooter. Um, but they've got Omar Ashik as well. Um, so oh. They do have their 2017 first-round draft pick and they own their second-rounder unless it's it's top 55 protected. Yeah, so, okay. if, so if, up. if you're going to be bad, this is a year to be bad. I right. don't think this team might be bad. Although, <laughs> but if you've got Davis on the roster... You don't want to waste a year of the browse. Or... No, so I don't know if this team's going into the year saying that we want to be bad. I don't think that's necessarily the plan. Because even you look at their free agency signings, it's almost like they're signing guys to complement Davis. Guys like Langston Galloway, Solomon Hill, who I think is a pretty good signing. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. Jones. Even a guy like Etron Moore. These are just guys that they're all role players. So it's almost like, okay, you've got your centerpiece in Davis. You're hoping Buddy Hill develops into a second scorer. I mean, you've still got Evans and Holiday, but obviously they're not there to start the season. We're not sure how long they're going to be out for. And now it almost seems like, okay, who are you going to plug the pieces with? Who are you going to put in to surround these guys? Someone like, even a Chris, Chris Copeland, someone like Galloway Hill, they're very good role players. Very good. But on this team, are they going to be able to play as role players? Yeah, it's it's a big question. And Solomon Hill was fantastic for Indiana. He was. Playoffs, he shot 58% from three. Which is a, in, out of this world. Which I, I know is a small sa- sample size, but still you got to hit him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, he, he's a good floor space and he can defend as well. He can defend uh, opposition threes, which is vital for this team. But there's not a lot of side from Anthony Davis to talk about, really. There's they, not. They, they did add uh, Lance Stevenson. That is, is that that's not a very much guaranteed contract though. Either. It's not it's not a lot of guaranteed money there. Yeah. And I think um can Anthony is a question for you guys. Can Anthony Davis let's grant he plays seventy plus games. Right. Let's put that caveat on. He plays seventy plus, it's his healthiest season yet. Is he I mean, he was an MVP pick last year, didn't turn out that way. Could he still win the MVP this year? No. No. No, no. You don't think he's he, an MVP candidate? 
I think he is, but if you look at the history of the MVP, it comes from the t- a team who finishes top two, and this right. team is so it comes s- from a yeah, they're not team. even going to finish. Playoffs. He's not going to sniff the top two. Okay, Did, yeah, Anthony and Davis, because he's been so inconsistent with his um, his game time, I don't know he, if he'll uh, honestly if like, he'll have the the legs An- to carry an entire Al- season up to the level that you need to if you're going to win the MVP. Uh, yeah, Anthony Davis could average twenty seven and fourteen for all I care, but if this team's not sniffing the the playoffs, let alone the top two, I don't, I don't know if he's an MVP candidate. Yeah, like, no, in, no, I disagree. In, in, a va- in a vacuum, yeah, he is for sure, right? But you have to look at when you're talking about MVP candidates, look at like where they come from, right? Like, I'm not, I, Davis is absolutely an MVP caliber player. I don't think that's in question at all. Just not this year. Not this year at yep. all. Just, just because of the situation that he's in. Yeah. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah, it's a fair because they don't come from losing teams. But I think Davis, he's one of those once-in-a-generation type players. I could easily, easily see him pull in the top three of MVP, top three or four of the MVP voting. I think if he has a big if though, if he's it's if he's it's it's if he carries his team like sort of like Lillard did last year. Yeah, spot on. Uh, He's got the ability to do so. Do you guys want uh, my man for this? Have you got a man? Don't mislead the listeners like you did. See, I've got. Potentially three, right? Let's let's oh. go through this. I don't know if I should be given Buddy Hield. I'm a big Buddy Hield fan. I've watched him for the last few years. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. Last year, Oklahoma and Iowa State were the two teams that I loved watching the most. Right? I'm a big. Mm. For, for some reason, this year I was just a big Big Twelve guy. Right? So Buddy Hield is probably mine, but because he was a top ten pick and there has been a lot of buzz about him, there's, mm. that, that bandwagon is probably a little bit full. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not going to give that to myself. Lance Stevenson would have been another one, but you know why? I had him in my um, my fantasy team a couple of years ago. Remember when he had that breakout year with what Indiana was it? three years ago with yeah, Indiana yeah. when he 13, almost 14. averaged a triple double. Yeah. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. yeah. I got him in the twelfth round. Yeah. After and it's funny that we should be saying this after watching his preseason performance. I thought <laughs> he looks all right. I'm going to get him in my team. Twelfth round wouldn't cost me much. Someone you know disrespected me, saying, "Man, I can't believe you're picking up Lance Stevenson. This is atrocious. You don't know basketball." Oh no. Ended up having a phenomenal season. So I hold Lance Stevenson in very high account. I've got fond memories <laughs> of Lance Stevenson, but he probably doesn't count either. So the guy that I'm going to use is my guy for uh, for this team, and he's not a rookie. He's a guy, again, you can see the um, the theme a little bit. Former West Coast Conference player. Played for Gonzaga. Robert Sacre. Really? Oh, Love Robert Sacre. Really? Love the towel waiver. Yeah. <laughs> Previously of Lakers, of course, and just was the, the Paddy Mills, like the early Paddy Mills of the Lakers. Loved the way he played in um, in Gonzaga. He was kind of the, the, the awesome front court one-two punch with Kelly Olynyk when Kelly Olynyk was playing for Gonzaga. So watching those two and being able to get Kelly at, at uh, Celtics was a big deal for me because I love Kelly as well. The, he, I reckon it, will you allow me to have him even though he spent a couple of years in the system? I you, don't you can think that their bandwagon uh, is quite absolutely. full. The Robert Sacre no. bandwagon I think is still quite open for business and I'm happy to jump on board. <laughs> you're on, you're on Sacre Island. Let's just yeah, hope. Exactly. I'm not sure if he'll um, get a lot of opportunities. There's a big man spot, though, in New Orleans. Davis, Omir Ashik, Alexia Jenga. Um, yeah, excuse me there. <laughs> Terrence Jones. <laughs> Jenga. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Terrence Jones. Um, right. So, can he break into that rotation? Possibly. Well, I'm, I'm fine to be on my own then. I think that, 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 that just means that no one else jumps on his bandwagon. That's fine. Yeah, I'll just be here alone. He's all yours. That's um, fine. Do you guys think Buddy Hield's a rookie of the year? Smokey. Absolutely. Oh, Smokey. Yeah. Oh, not a. He's a candidate. He's, he's a favorite. Yeah. He's probably the favorite. Now that he's Ben good. Simmons is out, I'd have him ahead of Brendan Ingram. Because you think about it, who wins the rookie of the year? The guys who put up the numbers. Yeah. It's either him or maybe Jamal Murray. How's Jamal Murray been playing in the preseason? I know preseason. He's been playing much, okay. Um, it'd probably be those two, you'd say, or Embiid. Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> Don't you dare forget yeah, about Sean Lord. Yeah, scratch that. No, he yeah. has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I called him Smokey for a reason. Absolute man. I don't call him a Smokey. He's a contender. Big time. Big time. Uh, let's move on to our last team in the seven. Oh, hang on, hang on. What are the predictions? Oh, the absolutely. What do, you, what do you guys think? I have him fifth in the division and 12th in the Western Conference. Yeah, I got him very close. Fifth uh, in the division and 13th in the West. I'm 5th and 11th, so I've so, split the difference once again. I split the difference. I had him in the middle. Didn't you? 12th? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris had him at 10th. I had 13. I had he had 13. Oh, 13. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so you can't claim that one. Can't claim that one. Let's move on to the Spurs. 
I've got a good my man for, for this one as well. But how do you think the Spurs will go this season? To, again, they were phenomenal last season. If you took away Golden State's historical season, 73-9, and nine, the Spurs have had one of the greatest historical seasons of all time, but it just completely got swept under the rug because of the fact that they played in the same season as the Golden State Warriors. And the fact they got eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, that didn't help either. So <laughs> we didn't get that magical Golden State and San Antonio Spurs Western Conference Finals that we were all praying to see. Granted, we still, still got a great run with the Thunder, but those, those were the two best teams we wanted to see. Um, and obviously the Spurs this year, it's going to be different because no Tim Duncan. Let's just get it out of the way. No Tim Duncan. It's going to be very sad to see... The and Aldridge will be going back to Portland midway through the year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think about I don't think so. But um, I it think happen. with the Spurs, it, 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 it's funny. We mentioned with Dallas and Memphis how they're always just there. Well, the Spurs are always just there in a different way because they're always there for the title, not for an April the, 7th. These guys have been just there all my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, every, it, I was born in, what, 1997. So what? You probably know more than us about not, what year are you born, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're asking I, I was probably born. <laughs> Let me check on basketball reference. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see my netball well, stat page. Well, you know what I'm Luke Sakari is so reportedly mean, born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So if we actually you find at, out he's thirty five. <laughs> doing a, um, I'm doing a phone maker draft. <laughs> no, right. So you look at the Spurs then. In '99 is probably when they started this magical run. So uh, yeah. my whole life has been the San, San Antonio reportedly. <laughs> Apparently, according to sources, close to the situation. You were twelve I'm in 1999. <laughs> I need to confirm those sources. I need to confirm the rumor, but um. They're always there, and it's not going to change this year, and that's because of Kawhi Leonard. Who, yeah. I mean, we can all... Definitely MVP candidate. Yeah, absolutely. He was second in the voting last year. What this guy does is just absolutely sensational. We all know how great he is defensively. He's, he's a two-time, back-to-back, excuse me, back-to-back defensive player of the year. Probably could even go for the for the back-to-back-to-back this year. Mm. I mean, he's definitely going to be a contender for defensive player of the year. And even what he did offensively last season, okay, so he had an increased role offensively as if the Spurs have kind of been bringing him along slowly. Once these Duncan and Parker and Ginobili go out, well, now you've got Leonard, who's the guy. He averaged 21 points a game last year, which it needs to improve. You can't have your top scorer scoring 21 points a night. It's not enough. But that will improve with more opportunities and as he gets better. But he shot 50.6% from the field and 44.3% from the three-point line. It's sensational. It's absolutely sensational. Plus six rebounds, nearly three assists, a steal, a block, uh, nearly two steals, excuse me, a block. It's the, the total package. Yeah, and this guy, you with Kawhi Leonard, the misconception is that he's a defensive stopper and a defensive stopper only. And I think he's become kind of underrated offensively. You talked about how how good a shooter this guy's become for a guy that came in uh, from college when he plays San Diego State. Yep. For uh, he was not known as a shooter or a scorer at all. No, what did he go mid first round? Fifteenth, yeah, fifteenth. Uh, he was drafted by Indiana and then traded uh, for George Hill. Um, but you look at his numbers last year and. When you think of Kawhi Leonard in a vacuum, right, we think about this guy, okay, he's he might be a good catch-and-shoot player, yeah? This guy, the more he dribbled the ball, he his field goal percentage actually went higher and higher. Yeah, He worked so, on his game a lot. After that first season, he yeah. worked on his game, on his shooting game a lot, and his shooting percentages went up quite his, a bit. And he, he just improved that part of his game tenfold. He's... Now, granted, this was only a small part of his game last year, only 8.3% of his plays, but he shot 53% on possessions where he dribbled the ball more than seven times. That's outstanding. Sensational. very specific. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably, well, it's going to be now more than ever, it's going to be with the top defender on him. So he's going up against top, he's going up against himself every night because he's going up against the best defender, right? So, and then on the other end, he gets tasked with the best offensive player. So he's the Spurs' weapon on both ends, and it's almost what I do want to see from Kawhi is more a bit more assertiveness offensively. We did see it last year coming into his own. I still feel like he kind of lacks that killer instinct. I mean, in the clutch, but that you- that can be 
because of his demeanor so much. We saw it with Tim Duncan as well. Throughout yeah. his career, like because they're quiet, it doesn't mean they're not a killer. Tim Tim Duncan was a killer, right? That's true. And That's true. I still I, feel I like I need to see a bit more from Kawhi. Like, oh, for sure. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yeah. As in, okay, it's ten seconds left. We're down. We're down by two points. Kawhi, here's the ball. Space out. Do something. You know what I mean? That situation. Yeah. Can and you, that's, the thing is, the Spurs kind of don't operate that way as well. They don't. They don't. But you still want your best player to be able to do that. Do that, though. yeah. And like I mentioned before, I assume that his point average goes up to about 25 this year. Mm. It was 21 last year. It goes up about four points with more opportunities. It's gone up about four every year. Yeah, so about yeah. 25. And then he's 25 years old as well. So then maybe when he's about... 27, 28 when he's in his prime, he should be nearing 30 points a night. He should be about at 28 mark where you say, okay, this guy is one of the best offensive players in the NBA. Yeah. That, that's what he needs to become. Or that's what he can become. He's got the talent And I to think become. if he's a MVP candidate, like not only us three here in the room, a lot of people, a lot of smart people think think he is, right? He's He's got to be able to be the number one guy on both offense and, and D each and, each and every night. He has to be. He has to be. And then moving on from Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge is the other big, big player on the Spurs. And especially now with um, with Duncan's absence, with Duncan retired, I feel like we need to see a better defender out of LaMarcus Aldridge. He has to play a bit of deep. Not saying he was a bad defender last year. Okay, he's he's a he's a pretty good he's a positive defender, and he can he fitted into excuse me slotted into Greg Popovich's system very nicely, very nicely. But that being said, the Spurs did suffer a defensive rating hit when he was on the court compared to off it. They were better with him off the floor. We know Tim Duncan was the anchor of their defense. Even last year, he had a pretty big impact. I'm not saying Lamarcus needs to be an anchor. That's not who he is. But I feel like he has to be a bit more consistent on that end this year. For them not to really lose that much. And guy we haven't talked about that they kind of effectively re- replaced Duncan with was another veteran, Pau Gasol. Absolutely. Um, who's probably likely to be starting at the five for them. Um, and that defensive pairing, Gasol was a great defender back in his prime. Um, but now I don't know if you're asking too much of him for him if you want him to be a lockdown defender. I mean, Gasol's almost the, the quintessential Spurs players, and you plug him in offensively, and it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Like, we know he's one of the best playmaking bigs in the league, and he's got a, a shot that extends to almost a three-point line, not really, but at least the, the mid the mid-range. So he's a guy that you almost fit in there, and you think, yes, this is a guy made for the Spurs. And just quickly before we wrap up on San Antonio, I have a feeling that their point guard spot's a bit of a concern. In a league that is so addicted to having amazing point guards, Tony Parker's 34 and he's been on the deep. I'll get to Pat. (laughs) Tony Tony Parker's 34 and he's been on the decline pretty much for the last two to three years. So he can't really weave his way through defenses like he used to anymore. And his defensive impact's getting worse and worse. Paddy Mills, I, f- I love Paddy Mills. Who doesn't? But he's out of his 361 games in his career, he's only started 10 games. So at the end of the day, he's still a guy suited to coming off the bench and providing an energy spark. So he, that's fine. But can he really run an offense in an efficient way? I'm not too sure yet. And they've got um, their rookie, Murray. Coming off the bench. Deontay. Deontay Murray, who is... Uh, how we found to the Spurs, no one knows. But again, how much... He was another guy like Deontay Davis, who I was watching the draft like, I was like, how is this guy falling? Yeah, but they how much... They always seem to do it, don't they? They always seem to oh, pick up a diamond in their own. Unbelievable. But how much faith do you put in a rookie? I don't know. I mean, not saying... It, they, they're going to be pretty good at the point guard position. Bit of a concern considering all the other great point guards in the league. All right, who do you think my guy is for the Spurs? Your guy for the Spurs. Livio Yon Charles. <laughs> no. Dwayne Detman. It's Paddy Mills. That's Paddy Mills. <laughs> well, Paddy Mills. Are you going to give me Paddy Mills? Otherwise, oh, I, can't, I, was, I, was also I can't give you Paddy Mills. Not in uh, Australia. Nah. Well, I was also considering uh, Summer League's own Jonathan Simmons. Who yes. just always kills in Summer League. And or, I love watching or him there. Or slow-mo. I was thinking Becky Hammond. Doesn't have to be a player. No. Coach Becky Hammond. First ever female assistant coach in NBA history she was. She's awesome. awesome. Love her. Very Big good summer league coach. But if I had to choose, and they can't be Australian, which is fair enough, Ryan Archie Diakono, purely because he won yep. the NCAA title as 
Villanova's best player. He's the captain, four-year player. I love four-year players. Four-year player for Villanova. Went out with a bang on a buzzer beater as well. He handed it off. Could have taken the shot. Passed it up. (laughs) Gave it to someone else. I can't remember. I can't remember the guy who took the shot in here. What was his name? I can't remember. But he's the guy. Been watching a lot of Archie. I don't know how much he'll do, but love his game. He is my man. Prediction time, please. Um, well, we hardly mentioned him, but let's not forget the man, Greg Popovich, is on this is coaching this team. And we know how amazing he is. So that means the Spurs are still finishing second in the Western Conference and first in the division. Chris Jenkins was the one yes. with the three-point shot. Yes. Right. Chris, your predictions? <laughs> I thought you were throwing to me. <laughs> well, I kind of threw to you before and then you kind of went off on a tangent. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I got him first in, in the division and second in the conference. I think. Yeah, all in agreement there. Yeah, I think there's, they're still going to be very, very good. Oh, no doubt. That brings us to the end of our preseason previews, boys. Only a few days away. We are pumped. Luke, we can find all your stuff at Luke Sakari. You write for SEN America. You write for pretty much, if, if you can think of a publication or online sports publication, Luke you for them. pretty much write for them. <laughs> but let's pump up SEN America the most. Any, anywhere else that you want to pump up? And pick and roll. Pick and roll.com. Pick and roll, of course. For NBL Actually, coverage. Head to pick and roll. And um, if you do want to see before the season tips off, so before my previews become absolutely useless and they get <laughs> laughed at for the predictions, if you want to look at my team-by-team previews, head to sen.com.au, click on the SEN American tab in the top right-hand corner. They're all there. Hit me up on Twitter with any concerns about them or just any debates you want to have with me. I'll be happy to reply to you. It's all there, at SEN America as well on Twitter. And you have thick skin as well because Chris Golding has already <laughs> smashed your new one and you, you took it like a champ. So you know that you've got thick skin. When you, when you can go toe-to-toe uh, with Chris Golding. We're good. We are good. <laughs> Chris De Silva. You're just at Chris De Silva, aren't you? Uh, at C De Silva. At C De Silva. You write for uh, Believe the Hype. And what was the Cavs one? Uh, king James Gospel. King James Gospel. Because he's a king. Jesus Christ. He's a king. I got it. I understood. <laughs> just... Yeah. Um, but no, a lot of great. If you want, obviously with the name. Cavs, Cavs exclusive stuff is all on King James. Chris is the man for that. Um, and a lot of good stuff on Believe the Hype at BT.com as well. Yes. Good Twitter person to follow as well, Chris. Thank you. And I'm at Christos Tyler. We will be back. Our next show will be when the season has kicked. Which means off. we will be chatting with the big topics. Plus, we will open up a mailbox at, will... at SCN America. If you want any questions oh. for us to answer, We'll tweet this throughout the week. I didn't approve this, but all right. Oh, it, it is approved. <laughs> At SCN America on Twitter, if you've got any questions for us to deal with, we'll, we'll do a segment next week. And no and doubt we'll the be season. hitting on Anthony Davis's season-ending injury that he will no, no get. No, don't oh, say oh, that. I'm touching wood. <laughs> oh, I'm smashing wood. <laughs> You're breaking the desk. Please. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't do that. Uh, we'll, we'll chat to you in a couple of days. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of the preseason. Enjoy basketball. <laughs>